Welcome, everybody, to the fifth installment of Purple Politics. I am Tim Moran. Good morning. I'm Sean. Yes. No last name. I'm incognito. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we here are today to talk about mainly the Democratic debates, but there are two other important issues uh, we want to cover before then, so stick around if you came for the debate analysis, but um, the first two topics are pretty interesting and relevant, too, so um, looking forward to everything we got on the plate today. How about you, Sean? Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a week of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, not entirely happy, but it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Sometimes you just got to... Just got to go with that. Go with. Well, the I mean, I, I literally can't control what happened in the Supreme Court, and I mm. can't control what happened in Florida. So I mean, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. On the first topic, the Supreme Court with two big decisions this week. One was with the 2020 census question. Um, they temporarily blocked it, and said you need to give us a better reason for. Uh, for why you're doing this because the evidence doesn't match up with your reasoning. Um, it was five to four. It was the classic liberal versus conservative side with uh, Roberts taking the liberal majority hmm. to five four. Um, so it's a temporary stop. There's a decent chance that the, admin- the Trump administration is just going to argue something else that is more in line with what Roberts wants to hear, and then he'll let it pass. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, Trump said, I might have to pause the census until we get this sorted out, mm-hmm. which uh, the Constitution says you need one every 10 years, so I don't know, as well as it's a big setup, so if you put it on pause, that can really mess it up. Um, right. So that's still going, but it was temporarily blocked. Yeah, it's tough. I know we weighed in on this earlier, um, and I was so saying I, that I could respect the court's decision if they felt that um, kind of the biased origins of this question weren't relevant, um, but I could also respect it if they said it was. Um, I would like to see, yeah, I would like to see this happen some other way, but unfortunately we got to go through the courts. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's tough. This one's tough um, for me. I, I, I do think a citizen I know we disagree on this I do think a citizenship question is fair but again if it's coming from from biased origins and then, then that's not really fair so um, yeah it, it's weird they do, you know they do this a lot more than so than people think they give these kind of like oh just send it back down to the appeals courts oh give us a different reason just kind of these non decisions um, which yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize um, they you know everybody wants there to be like a clear solution on the first um, uh, initiation of the Supreme Court's decision, but sometimes it takes multiple times for them to go through it. So, yeah. Yep. Um, also, with the Supreme Court, they ruled that partisan gerrymandering was not the court's uh, responsibility, so they let that pass. That was a five to four conservative majority with Roberts writing the uh, majority opinion. So, that was a big loss for anyone who doesn't like gerrymandering um big loss for democrats in general because republicans control more state legislatures which can now freely gerrymander as intensely as they want because the federal courts have no uh, ability to stop it yeah i Um, think this one's tough because i 
understand where the Supreme Court's coming from a constitutional yeah, I, perspective. Yeah, I do. I do as well. And but it, there is, it, it is logical for them to say, "Hey, nowhere does it say that we really have the right to do this." But at the same yes. time, if they're not the ones mediating this, there really is no one. And that's you know, I've talked about. We talked about trying to find like a computerized way or a non-biased way to make districts, and no one's really seemed to be making any progress with that. So. I think constitutionally I have to agree with them, but like the the other part of me just is sad because I don't think there's anybody else who's going to come in and stop the gerrymandering. Um, um, I think the constitutionally, like, yeah, it's not specifically put in there, but the whole one person, one vote idea mm-hmm. is diminished and democracy as a whole is diminished because of it. Because gerrymandering is undemocratic in every way yes um absolutely like you've seen charts of how even if you have a majority of people if you gerrymander properly that you'll become the minority yeah Uh, it's just i mean i get it but i don't agree with it uh that's why we need federal law to dictate that yeah um it'd be it'd be nice for there to be a federal law come down and i think I think there's enough support from the people and from a good amount of lawmakers that no, eventually I disagree. Some federal, you don't think so? You don't think no, lawmakers think, will ever do it? No, lawmakers are so partisan and they know that gerrymandering mm-hmm. benefits their party a lot. So the yeah. minority, Democrats, are probably a lot more anti-gerrymandering. But because Republicans are benefiting from this, I can definitely see how Republicans wouldn't want to give that power up. I think it depends on the state. I if, think in certain areas, gerrymandering helps Democrats. In certain areas, it's helped Republicans. Yes, yes, I know, I know. But 22 Republican states have full legislative and, and governor control, so they can gerrymander as much as they want compared right. to only 14 Democratic states. So right. the, the benefit is for Republicans here. But, I mean, at the if same it were time. Flipped, if it were flipped, it would be the same way for Democrats. I 100% agree with you. But yeah. because Democrats are in the minority here, they're going to be more anti, yeah. I believe. yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, it was the people who elected those 22 completely Republican-controlled states. And so, again, the gerrymandering is unfair, but if the end result is that the majority of people in the state want a Republican state, then, you know, again, I'm not for the gerrymandering, but the end result is probably similar either way with the Republicans getting their way either way. Now, they they will probably gerrymander yeah, but it's, it's to also keep their the, power. But. It's also the, the disparity in power that comes from it. Yeah, because if you gerrymander properly, you're able to control. Basically, when you write up a map, the idea is that you'll be able to keep to stay in power because you gerrymander it so properly mm-hmm. that for the next decade, so that you can just write the next map after the next census. That's the thinking with it, and that's why it takes so much to unseat. Uh, or flip seats in in some states and districts. Right. Yeah, it's tough. So. <sighs> All right. Lastly, we'll lastly, Florida, the state has passed. Well, this was in November. They passed a uh, an amendment saying, overwhelmingly passed an amendment to their con- their state constitution that reinstating reinstated um voting rights for felons that were not convicted murderers and sex offenders i think it was ex-felons uh, right yes ex-felons yeah um 
so this was past 65 or 64 and a half percent of people in Florida voted for this measure. So it was pretty huge. Um, and I supported this. I wanted it passed. It was in the state constitution that if you were a felon, you lost all voting rights. You had to go through an expensive and humiliating process to regain your voting rights in Florida. You had to go in front of the governor who would personally decide whether or not to really reinstate it. Well, it wasn't just him, the governor. The governor, I believe, had final say, but it was in front of a panel. Yeah. And you had to basically present your case, and there was no gu- guidelines or strict rules, so you could basically choose who you wanted to give it back to and if you just were having an off day and were like you know what no i'm not gonna give it back or if um you do something that one of the panelists didn't like they could just say no it it was a bunch of just bullshit uh so i wanted that overturned i wanted i I personally believe that most ex-felons should regain their voting rights obviously for non-violent crimes um i would agree with that so it really was stupid that this was even in the Constitution. So once the amendment passed by an overwhelming amount, I was like, thank God they're going to get their voting rights back. And then uh, Governor DeSantis said, no thanks. Um, he signed a bill that made all felon or ex-felons have to pay uh, court-ordered financial obligations, so mm-hmm. that's like court fees, fines, all those right. things. They have to pay all those off before they get their uh, voting rights back. Um, which, let's think about that. If you're an ex-felon, you're probably not going to be able to afford as much. Um, you're not going to be able to pay these off as well as as other people. Uh, so it's, it's basically a way to keep these people from regaining their voting rights. Um, the ACLU, what's up? Yeah, for me, it's interesting because I don't think anybody should be restricted from voting on the basis of how much money you have or whatever. But at the same time, if you're an ex-felon and you have the ability to pay the fees and you don't, then I don't think you've really completed your, your process of getting the felony, and I, and I would agree with not having it. But I would say there has to be some sort of distinction made between the people that can pay and the people that can't pay. And I feel like if you can't pay right away, then you shouldn't have your right to vote taken away with you. But if you can, then you should be made to pay. Um, I mean, I can kind of see that, but I feel... You already did your time, and sometimes some of these fees are transferred to time served or other ways to pay it off, and that doesn't count towards it. It's, it's strictly financial. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's If we get to the root of it, let's be honest, a lot of these ex-felons are going to vote Democrat. Yeah, that's true. And you're in a Republican government. Yeah. So... Well, to you be fair, want... they they did pass the bill in the first place. Now, of course, they went ahead. And... It wasn't it wasn't the government that passed it. Though. It was the people. This was a public right. You're right. It was a referendum, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, a referendum. True. Yeah, so it wasn't the legislature. True. Um. So it's it's just a form a form of voter suppression because well, here, they're here's gonna... what I would say is that 
if you pass the original bill with a referendum, then you should make this new pay up policy a referendum too. Now I know an, an exorbitant amount of referendums is bad because people don't want to keep going to the polls for these things. Um, yeah, and then you'd probably have to wait till 2020. Yeah, but that makes sense to me. I mean, if it was if it was passed as a referendum, I don't know if the legislature should have the right to come back and all of a sudden restrict a good portion of what the people wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if the people want the the pay up thing, then I then I would have to <clears throat> agree with their their decision if if they make a majority decision. I don't know if they will. That's an interesting question for them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I do not like it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's going to disproportionately affect minorities and disproportionately affect um, low income. So right. Florida can do better, but then again, it is Florida, so I don't expect yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not like the intent was to... Uh, we don't know the intent. Right. We but. do not know the intent. I wouldn't put it past governor DeSantis to making that the intent but covering it up um i mean regardless of the situation they are felons and uh, there's no yes but i don't think it let's remember what felony is like you can be a felon for having weed on you is that true in florida yeah that's a felony i don't know i know in illinois it's not it didn't even used to be a felony Marijuana felony possession amounts. Uh, let's see. Isn't it a federal Florida, felony? Florida, you need to have a certain amount of ounces. Uh, Between be 20 and grams and 25 pounds. Yeah, no, Florida, you're right. Florida is pretty strict. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's true. I wonder if they actually enforce that, though. Because I, I know in I Illinois, they do. I, I was talking to some cops, and they were saying that usually if they catch people with that, We'll just write them up for like a, a civil offense or something like that, even though they're not supposed to yeah. do that. I think they um, decriminalized it in Illinois. No, I know they just did, but but a few years ago when I was still. No, I oh, uh, I mean, there's a difference between making it legal and decriminalizing it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, sure. um, but yeah, I I wouldn't put it past some law offices in Florida to charge people with a felony. Like there's a cycle of police, um, or not police of civil like poverty that stems from felonies mm. and minorities being sent to jail because they have a certain amount of weed on them. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's no, a war I on drugs. Think, I don't think weed should be a felony. I think it should be a most of misdemeanor. Um, yeah. Well, honestly, I think weed should be on the same spectrum as, as cigarettes, but that's a debate for another time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, at its core, this bill is is disproportionately gonna affect minorities um who will minorities and lower class individuals who will typically vote democrat mm-hmm. yeah, to see it true. as targeted is uh is a plausible um is, is possible yeah <clears throat> all right you want to move on to the debates on to election boogaloo okay so l- let me hear your as a, as a democrat your overall I'm not a democrat analysis. Well, I'm a Democrat. You're you're you're, uh, a, you're a big lib, you know. I mean, okay, that's that's lib. different. <laughs> um, the number one winner was Donald Trump. You think so? Yeah, I do think so. He's gonna play these these guys. He's gonna play the immigration and the healthcare card. 
Right. But at the same time, to... I mean, it is... I think it was... I mean, the Democratic Party has moved radically left on immigration in a few years because when Obama was president, I think it was 2011, um, yeah. in his bill for undocumented immigrants, he had to convince everybody that there was no health care for undocumented immigrants. And here we are in 2019. And I think it's because... Stages for it. Yeah, I think it's honestly because of how far right the the right has moved on immigration. Really? It's like a reactionary. I yeah, I think I it's know. reactionary. It's, I mean, it's like how the midterms push candidates further left have or further right. Have moved that far right on immigration, though? I mean, what what do you mean I th- by that? I, th- I think so. Like putting National Guardsmen on the, on the border and building a wall and appropriating def- DOD funds to that. Right. But, I mean, we clearly we have a crisis on the border. I mean, there's more immigrants coming in than ever before. And that wasn't necessarily true but up until this year, but this year it actually is true. I know Trump was saying that last year and it wasn't yeah. really true. But this year there actually there is There are a lot, now. yeah. But I, so, I think I, well, the, the way Republicans are handling it, I think there's other solutions than just building a big wall and saying it'll be over or trying to undo international law right. with asylum. Like... I guess, and and family separation at the no, scale I mean, it's yeah. at, you, you, yeah, like that's pretty far that. right. Right, but I don't think any. I think that's a minority of Republicans who, who are for. I it doesn't matter separation. if it's for because it's happening. Well, right, but it was happening, and um, that that itself. I don't not think at it's the a scale re- it's at, and not at the not in the the conditions it's at. Yeah, and it, I don't think it's a. Republican I'm not blaming problem, Republicans. Though. I'm blaming Trump. That's not. I'm not blaming Republicans for what's going on on a on a grand scale. I'm blaming them for not stopping it, but I'm blaming Trump and his administration for doing it. And when you have the administration doing it, that's going to push left the left to say, "Hey, we can't treat these people like this. We need to be better and more radical in what we want." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's more of an ICE problem than a Trump problem because it was happening under Obama too. I think Trump came in and was just like, "Yeah, you guys, I want you to guys continue to be strong on." on these illegal immigrants and continue to do that. And then they just kept doing what they were doing under Obama. I mean, it was happening under Obama, though. There was was a person who tweeted out a picture of this room, and it was actually from 2015, but they were saying it was from 2019. Well, even if it is under Obama, then that just shows that... Yes, that just shows that maybe Democrats were wrong in what they wanted and that they want more. Yeah. But that's what I, I'm saying. I do think is that the one he's thing gonna, you can, sorry you can go. I do think that he's going to play the open borders card a lot, mm-hmm. uh, Trump. And I do think that there are some leftists, not Democrats, leftists that do want open borders. But mm-hmm. as a whole, I think Democrats just want to strengthen the border in ways that are not inhumane. Um. For example, a solution to some of the border issues would be appointing more federal judges to take care of asylum cases so that there's not a huge backlog and you don't have to worry about people not showing up to their hearing and just staying in the United States. Even though the majority of people do go to their hearing. Yeah, that seems like to me. If you speed up the process, that will have so many more effects than just building a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, But say... He, he tweeted that or I 
uh, what was I? He did say that health care for Democrats or the Democratic health care taking care of illegals. I believe that was his term. I might be wrong. Illegal immigrants Mm -hmm. that you need to take care of Americans first. But Mm -hmm. the point was um, they want to take care of everybody, not just immigrants. I think that right. was the point that Democrats were trying to make. But he's going to play that they just want to take care of illegal immigrants. They don't care about Americans. They don't care about the people. They just want to open borders and to help immigrants. Um, yeah. And then so that he's going to play those and he's going to just care way too much about Bernie and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the two biggest issues yeah well here's my thing though even though trump exaggerates it like at its core i do think the average american 100 percent wants to treat the immigrants humanely obviously there's a small section of people that have this kind of um uh completely unfair image of them but i think the average american wants to treat the immigrant humanely but i don't i don't think the average american wants to pay for their health care I really don't, and I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people, and I think, despite Trump exaggerating it, even unexaggerated, I think it's still bad for the Democrats, because I'm, you know, as far as families, and, you know, I talked, we talked about this last week, I think if you're being a productive member of society, um, then maybe you should be able to work your way to um, asylum or whatever, but until that happens, I don't think, you know, until you've been proven to be a productive member and to have a job and be with your family or whatever, I don't think you deserve to be having other people pay for your health care when you're not even paying into it yourself. What if you're in the process of it? Well, that's the thing is that's not what they're saying. I mean, as far as I could tell from last night, it was just in general, any legal immigrant should have their health care paid for. That's what all 10 Democrats for the second debate raised their hand for. I- I just think that you cannot it, – it depends how you look at health care. If you look at health care as a human right, which these Democrats do and which I do, mm-hmm. then you will see that they get taken care of. But if you see it as a commodity or, or something to be – of a privilege rather, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's not going not gonna to really gain much traction. But what it comes down to, at least in my opinion, is if this person is dying – and they need care, they should mm-hmm. get care. Or if this person is sick and they well, need yeah. care or it might get worse, then they should get care. But I don't think there's any hospitals that would turn down someone like that. I hope not. Uh, maybe just maybe in to- the detention facilities there's not enough care. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, but yeah. I don't think if I think if you're already in the country, I don't think I don't think there's anybody who's violating the, the oath that they take and saying, no, I'm not going to help you because you're an illegal immigrant. Because you don't even have time to ask that. If someone comes in with an injury, you're not going to, as far as I yeah. know. I don't know. I, we can get into the the healthcare as a right because I think that's an interesting debate on another time. But yeah, clearly the 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 Democratic Party has um, came out strong um, on their uh, ideas. They need um, to they need to focus and, left on immigration like that and more on healthcare in general. Okay, I think that's. Um, I also think that the debate setup was really bad in the time they were allotted to respond to really okay. complex questions. No, like you got a that, minute to respond to that's what I was thinking. a healthcare problem or a foreign policy problem, and it's like, okay, what are you going to say? Mm-hmm. You're just in that time. You just want to gain 
traction because you can't really lay out your policy. So the main idea in that is to appeal to the attention span yeah. of people. There needs to be so some that's something sort of, I don't support with. There needs to be some sort of uh, like online portion where the you know that's that's still like broadcast on TV, so it can reach a mm-hmm. greater audience. Where like you have a candidate just sit down and, and answer questions about their policy, and I know that's kind of what a town hall is, but there's not enough of yeah. that. I mean, as you see, it's just like are can, are people really going to learn that much listening to? one and two minute answers and about the answer. eight minutes of total speaking time you just can't that's the answer is no exactly um what else was there andrew yang think? yeah let's talk i about wanted him. to speak about him he got kind of he got screwed over as far as speaking time goes mm-hmm. i don't think he even hit five minutes no i can it might have been like three now. minutes 40 seconds something like that Mm-hmm. But he qualified for the... I think he's about to qualify for the third debate. Andrew Yang so got I, the least amount of words spoken um, with 594. What was the most? Of all was it 20 candidates. The most was Joe Biden with 2,475. So almost five times as many yeah. words spoken. I, I think he's qualified for the second debate. He has. And he's about to qualify for the third debate. Yes. So he's still there. He's doing better than a lot of others. Yeah, where arguably some others won't be there, so they'll have to give him more speaking time. Yeah. Well, here's here's my thing with Andrew Yang is, uh, one, he got screwed over. They didn't call him enough. Two, he screwed himself over. He should have interjected a little bit more, and I know he wants to have a certain image of himself, but you got to find a way to talk at least a little bit more. He didn't. He he was saying his mic was off and he wasn't talking, and if that's true, then that's atrocious and then it's not his fault and if that is true then they need to fix that and something needs to be done um but and i think there were times when he he stopped talking and he still had like 10 seconds left like his he wasn't running out of time they didn't make him stop you I mean, try to use those 10 seconds um and then my third thing is he's definitely probably the most interesting and like separates himself from like the typical um democratic talking points the most but i think he's still a lot more left because i know a lot of people on the right are like oh yang gang you know i want to see this guy do well but like a lot fail to realize that most of his policies are still like very um very liberal um so like i think it's important for people to know that but at the same he's time he's anti-establishment like, yeah exactly. let's be honest he's, he's not the typical democratic candidate yeah yeah, and, and he might be tre- he might be getting treated like Bernie was in 2016. Yeah, and he tweets, but he you know he tweets out stuff like he tweeted something yesterday like that was pretty like pro conservative. And it was like I found that a lot of conservative people follow a good amount of liberal people, but liberal people har- hardly follow any conservative people, which is like a pretty like bold thing to say as a Democratic candidate. And I think that's kind of the person that we need is that even though he's like very liberal, he's he's more willing to like reach across the aisle and more respectful because he's, a, he's an average guy exactly that's what i've realized he's not he's kind of like the left's trump in yeah, a way that's what we need Ex- except a lot less problematic yeah though he did tweet the f word the other day i think it was <laughs> yeah. yesterday that made me giggle yeah he's, I, he's cool um yeah, what, what we need is is both moderates and like strong conservatives and liberals to have the same amount of respect the other side and that's not true right now 
on both sides. Way yeah. too many Trump people just will write off literally anything a Democratic candidate will say. You fucking libtard. And it goes the other way, too. The amount of times I've been called that has made me giggle as well. Uh, all um, right, what, what other impressions do you have? On the candidates? Yeah. Uh, bye-bye, Beto, bye-bye. Yeah. His little Spanish speech, God, I couldn't even watch it. It was hard. <laughs> um, he's done, though. He's done. I think. He's just too he should. bland. Yeah, he didn't know. do anything. He didn't do yeah. anything of note. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not good for Beto. Marianne Williamson. She's the weirdest candidate I've ever seen. She is amazing. She's like you know you know last year we had the. The, the person in the audience, Ken Bone, there to, like, provide us with some comedy. She's yeah. the comedy this year. She's she is the, the comedy. She's great. so odd. So weird. Her, her, she tweeted out, I think it was in 2017, so, like, very recently. She tweeted mm-hmm. out something like, if you need to look to find what's wrong with this world right now, go watch Avatar. <laughs> It's, like the ass, last airbender or the movie? No, like the movie Avatar. <laughs> with the blue guys? Yes. Who have, who have sex with their tails? Yes. That's what's wrong oh with our God. world. <laughs> hey, anti-imperial message. Uh, God, she's a goofball. Uh, she's like anti-plan, anti-proposal. Yeah. She was just goof goofing around on there. Do you think she's kind of a distraction and would you appreciate it if she's out or do you kinda of like her, her weird voice in there? Oh, is she, what is she, what voice does she bring? I don't know, just an entertaining it's, it's, one. No, get her out. She said she's not October twenty sixth, twenty seventeen. If you want a simple explanation for what's happening in America, watch Avatar again. Thanks, Marianne Williamson. And, and then in twenty ten all the films were good, but Avatar has changed the world. He didn't win an Oscar tonight, but James Cameron deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Price? Price. P-R-I-C-E. I don't even think Price. she wrote. I need a Nobel prize. Peace Prize. I know. Uh, who, that also reminds me of Cory Booker's old tweets about coffee. Yes. You seen those Hold ones? On. She's hot and tall and Corey comforting. Great ones. God, he's he's a weirdo too. Let's see. I think Cory Booker doesn't really have a chance either, but that's just me. Um, he's just not it. He's not it. No. He he gets some attention because he's very like assertive when he speaks. Yeah. Um. But his ideas, yeah, I don't think he has enough to propel himself from his Mm -hmm. kind of of middle-of-the-road standing right now. He's a commanding presence. Yeah. And it's easy to to start listening to what he says. I'll give him that. Yeah. All right. Um, Now I want to get your thoughts, um, and then I'll give mine on a couple of the most um, uh, 
interesting quotes and moments from the debates, and then I want you to tell me if they're they're good or bad, and kind of roll through these quickly because we're getting up there on time. Okay. Uh, okay. So the first one is the one from Kamala Harris. Uh, uh-huh. where everybody was kind of like talking over each other and getting like like aggravated and she kind of like interjected and was like America does not want to witness a food fight they want to know how we will put food on their table do you like that line is that cheesy or, or good or bad it plays it's it's those classic uh, kind of like headlines that they're searching for that candidates mm-hmm. want to get um I think it does kind of have some a kernel of truth to it in the fact that Americans as a whole are sick of this political atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's not a bad one by any means, but I it does tread the line of cheesy. But then again, these people are tr- they want cheesy because cheesy can stick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's decent. Decent. Okay. It speaks to the middle class as well. Yeah. True. The middle lower income. Yeah. All right. Now our favorite Eric Swalwell. I was six uh-huh. years old when a presidential candidate came to the California Democratic Convention and said it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans. That candidate was then Senator Joe Biden. Joe Biden was right when he said it was time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans 32 years ago. He is still right today. If we're going to solve the issues of automation, pass the torch. If we are going to solve the issues of climate chaos, pass the torch. Taking a stab at Biden, what do you think? Biden responded saying, I'm holding on to that torch, right? Yes, that's exactly what he said. I'm still Um, holding on to it. You know, Biden, as well as these older candidates and older elected officials, they don't understand technology. They just flat out don't. And they don't understand the current world that's in the rate at which it's evolving. I do mm-hmm. like that quote a lot, and I do think that younger or at least more open-minded candidates are need- needed. Yeah. Um, because you can look at Bernie Sanders, and he has a huge following of younger people. Right. So I really don't think it's it's the person itself. It's the message you're sending. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important point. Because Biden kind oh. of has that classic establishment image of old white male whereas Mm -hmm. Bernie more appeals to the whole it's not me it's us that's his big thing it's like it's not my movement it's our movement yeah so I think if Biden took a more Bernie like approach it would work for him but other than that I do think that younger candidates need the opportunity to lead yeah um all right. How about the moment between Kamala and Joe? But Vice President Biden, do you agree today that you are wrong to oppose busing in America then? Do you agree? And then Joe responded um, with something along the lines of, I only opposed federal busing. Um, and then just kind of started talking about something else. Yeah. Kamala kind of handed Joe Biden an opportunity to say, yeah, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. That's basically what she wanted him to say, right? in my opinion. Uh, but, it, of course, Joe kind of dug his heels in and said, no, I'm right. 
Uh, or he didn't say he was right, but he didn't say he was wrong. Yeah. By any means. Um, busing was a huge, it is still a very controversial issue. Um, though Kamala was looking for an apology, and I think a lot of other people were too. Mm-hmm. So Biden really missed an opportunity there yeah. because of his pride. Yeah, the interesting thing is, as far as the favorabilities among African Americans, uh, I know Kamala's went up with that, um, mm-hmm. but I know Biden's also did too because they liked the way he responded to it. Um, That's good. So it's interesting because I think it's both kind of es- escaped that um, okay, which is yeah. sometimes rare. Usually you'll get like a winner. Um, all right, couple more. Um, um, how about um, when Bernie Sanders said, unlike the Republican Party, we encourage diversity. We believe in diversity. That's what America is about. That was kind of... Um, it was a swipe at... It was a swipe at Republicans, but it's because of the electoral makeup of the party. Yeah. That's what I think it comes down to. Yeah. Because Republicans are overwhelmingly, or elected Republicans are overwhelmingly white, overwhelmingly male, and overwhelmingly uh, older. Mm -hmm. So that's what it comes down to. Do you think, what I was getting at, do you think like Bernie um, can kind of like become the... um, torchbearer if you will going back to that thing for like diversity in the democratic party do you think it's tough for him because he is white old and male yourself or do you think it's going back to what you were saying earlier because his ideas are very modern that that he can kind of um his ideas his ideas are modern and also his like the people his advisors and his campaign itself is pretty is really diverse actually Mm -hmm. it's not like he 100 percent chooses white people or men or older men he has a very diverse makeup of of advisors and campaign uh workers yeah so that's another thing if bernie wants to be a successful candidate and he makes it this far he needs to choose or he doesn't need to but he's going to choose i imagine a woman and i imagine an african-american woman um that's just what i think he will choose as his running mate yeah um, because then that can that one goes with his principle of diversity, and two, it's a good uh, way to appeal. Because you see, Obama chose Biden to appeal to the middle class and and white working class. Um, yeah. As well as Trump chose Pence to to appeal to the evangelicals and the more religious right. So that's what I think Bernie's going to end up doing. If he mm-hmm. gets as far as to run or choose a running mate. Yeah. But it is kind of, you can say that, well, Bernie's white and old and a male himself, but Bernie's history is very rich in, in being open to the civil rights and being advocating for the civil rights. Yeah. Uh, you've probably seen the picture of him getting arrested at the civil rights march. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, yeah, that, that's just my thought. Um, all right. Uh, and then lastly, 
um, for the debates. I just want to go over some stats. So the people who saw their favorability grow the most um, uh-huh. was Elizabeth Warren, uh, Kamala Harris, and Julian Castro. Um, so I think Castro's rise was probably the most um, fascinating because uh, he he was not super favorable before. He was just kind of average. And then mm-hmm. he kind of grew the most, whereas Warren and Harris were pretty favorable and still grew a lot. Um, but Castro was kind of like the the guy that was running towards the bottom that, that really kind of stood out on night one. Um, so what's night your opinion one. on all that? Do you think Castro can uh, do you think Castro can continue the momentum? Castro is a very low key approach. Mm-hmm. He's not loud. He's not commanding of time and presence like other candidates but he, he did mess up Beto pretty bad um, on immigration mm-hmm. as well I mean as in the public eye he won so I mean you need more moments like that if you want to keep momentum up yeah. uh, and when you have a low key campaign and a low key approach it's harder to get those yeah for um, sure where, compared to Warren and Harris, who have very loud campaigns, and I, I use loud as in they make a lot of uh, a lot of headlines. Um, you have a quieter campaign like Castro. That's that's hard. But once you get momentum, I think it's easier to keep it than to lose it. Uh, yeah. Short term, that is. So you yeah, just got to keep sure. the ball ro- rolling if you're Castro. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting think, to see how long he can yeah. stay in. And I and think he was blessed by us. being on the first night because the first night was a lot worse than the second night. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, able as, to stand as, out. Yeah, as far as candidates go. Yeah. Um, and then what do you think of Jay Inslee, who is kind of like the big climate guy? That's his number one. Um, mm-hmm. position that he's running on. Um, he spoke the second least amount of words with 875. Do you think he has a place in this race? Um, because he's kind of one of the most unique candidates to me because he's really all about climate and he thinks he can capitalize on the that yes, uh, I sentiment. Yes, He has a place. Okay. Because even if he doesn't win the election, which I don't think he will, he's going to push the Democrats to be more pro-climate Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way so his presence is gonna have an impact on the people around him definitely okay and then uh lastly uh elizabeth warren has been kind of eating out um a chunk of bernie supporters um where do you think uh how do you think that affects bernie and do you think he can kind of take some of those voters back from her because she's a slightly less socialist version of him um, but she's still kind of winning over a lot of the, the more democratic socialist part of his base. Um, first, I think you know my opinion on using the term socialist like that. Yeah, I meant. I th- yeah, I know more, what you mean. Slightly more I, mean, I know what you mean. But like socialism, American socialism is not tr- socialism mm-hmm. in the traditional sense. But that's off the, that's off the point. Um, 
I think Warren is just fresher. Uh, we already saw Bernie in 2016 mm-hmm. and 2015, and that was against Hillary Clinton. There's a huge rift right. in policy. But if we go to Warren now, she's younger. She's more, uh, I want to say, approachable. And mm-hmm. she's more just, she's newer, I guess. She's fresher and has different ideas. And her big thing is Warren has, a, or Elizabeth has a policy for that. Yeah. Um, like her policy list is extensive and her idealist is extensive. And we've seen Bernie already. We've seen his ideas. And some of the ideas that he brought in 2016 and 2015 are now embraced by widestream uh, Democrats or by mainstream Democrats. Um, so I, I think it's just new. And I do think Warren's just a better Bernie. Uh, I would, I would agree as well with that. As, as well as Bernie's, he's in his late 70s. So, as far as time goes, Warren has more of it. True. Yeah, I think uh, she's. People kind of think that maybe Bernie can't um, can't win like he did in like what happened in twenty sixteen, and that uh, Warren is a little bit more um, appealable version of him. And yeah, she's mm-hmm. fresher, and that comes off a lot better, you know, to a lot of people. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be interesting. I, I do think Warren's gonna kind of outlast Bernie in this thing. Would you agree? I do. Uh, yeah. I also th- I I'm also thinking that if either one of them wins, like obviously they're going to be bummed. It's not them, but they are friends in real life, yeah. and they do have a lot of similar policies. So I, I imagine they'll be more supportive of each other than say Bernie was of Hillary. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you're if that's the type of policy that you like, either candidate is probably fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as policy goes, it just comes down to who you like more. Yeah. All right. Any any other thoughts, uh, Mr. Palmer? Negative. Register Negative. to vote. All right. That's about it. Register to vote. The man. Let your voice be heard. Primary's coming up. Indeed. Uh, All right. That's about it. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully I have some, uh, some new content for you. I'm sure we will. It's a busy, uh, busy time in the political season. Yes, it is. Um, Every day's a headline. Yeah, and uh, I believe the next round of debates are coming up uh, towards the July. end of July, so about a month from now. Um, cool. We'll see what changes between now and then. Um, that'll be interesting. Yep. All right, take care, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. See y'all.